you would do that. That's why my food at my restaurant is the way it is. Is because I'm looking at the food from a, a non-vegan background. So I'm like, this develops these flavors. How can we approach that, but not using animal proteins? And I think that's what sets us apart from everyone totally. else. So for as much as people don't like the fact that I'm not vegan, it's kind of the reason why we've got what we've got. My guest today is Shannon Martinez, chef and owner of Smith & Daughters and Smith & Deli, and executive chef of Lona Mesa restaurant based off the international boutique hotel chain Ovala Hotels. Shannon is a successful author of three cookbooks, with her fourth already in the pipeline. With a brand new venue underway, combining a dining space, production kitchen, speciality grocery store, deli and a restaurant all under one roof, Shannon's new venue will be one of the largest vegan hubs in the world. Shannon has done all this whilst fighting cancer over the last 18 months. There is no doubt Shannon is unstoppable and an absolute wizard in the kitchen with her mission to change the way the world perceives plant-based dining. I'm equally excited as I am curious to find out about Shannon's journey. Welcome, Shannon, and welcome, Cyrus, your beautiful dog. <laughs> yes, he's um, he's turned up today. He's a, I, obviously, with lockdown, he gets a little bit weird when I leave the house because he's not used to me being Aww. gone. So I'm sort of trying to train him to just, you know, be my little right-hand man, really. <laughs> Why not? He's um, he's beautiful. He's very well-behaved. He's yeah. a good boy. Yeah, and um, hopefully we hear a little buck later. <laughs> if you're lucky. If you're lucky. He's if looking lucky. pretty sleepy right now. He needs some treats. That's right. Now, Shannon, I've only met you once, but obviously know a lot of you and know a lot about you. We have a lot of mutual friends, a couple that are very close to me, Anthony Famia and Stephen Howard, to name a couple. And everyone I know that have met you or know you have a lot of amazing things to say about you. So, Oh, how nice is that? It's amazing. They obviously and, uh, haven't been around me for too long. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. <laughs> so um, I'm really on it. To be able to have this chat with you and I really very appreciative of you taking your time out and coming down. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Anytime. Tell me about your journey. Where did this passion for food come from, Mm -hmm. but also changing from music to food? Yeah, well, um, definitely music was number one. I think that was mostly because my mother put an instrument in my hands at a very young age. So I I guess I just sort of took off on that trajectory Mm -hmm. and then... I, I do love it and I still I still love it and I do miss not doing music. And, you know, it's unfortunate that the big nights for bands are also the big nights for yeah. restaurants. Yeah. So if I was to start another band, which I'm, I always kind of think about, I'm like, imagine maybe I should just get all my chef friends that 100%. play instruments and do some sick gig. Oh, my God, how cool would Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be good? <laughs> I mean, I know there's enough of us that play instruments and it would be an excuse for us all to get together after work and have a, uh, have a couple. Lock-in session. That's right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Have a good lock-in. Yeah. That would be awesome. So I did music and then food actually came in pretty early. Uh, I'm, my family is, well, half my family is Spanish and my grandmother is from Spain and my father was also born there. And the food scene from that side obviously was... Embedded in you. Oh. Yeah. Like it's, it's in your blood. It is. Yeah. I think this is... Obviously, people with immigrant parents, I think food plays a really integral role in Absolutely. in our in our family uh, lifestyles. You know, compared to my Australian side yeah. of the family, mm. it was like night and day, really. Like, food was never really the centrepiece. Like, it always featured, obviously, because we needed to eat, but it wasn't like 
the proud place on the table. It was just, yeah, we've got food because we need to eat. Whereas on the Spanish side it was always a, always a thing, never enough food, you know. Um, so I really loved it for that reason. I, I think it's the same. Like I think most ethnic cultures, like even me, a Malaysian mm. background, like everything revolves around food. I think that's mm. our national sport. Like, right, right. <laughs> eating is the national <laughs> sport. Like you talk about food all the time. You talk about food even when you're eating, you're cooking, you're yep. like – it's mm-hmm. like twenty four seven, of course, and, and I love it though. All the conversation revolves around the dinner table, yeah, which is amazing. Exactly, everything is celebrated by food. Yeah, every festival is surrounded by food. It's just that's how any I excuse want to really. <laughs> any excuse. I mean, do we really need one? Probably not. No, Sorry, I'm going to this microphone. Not. Yep, that's better. So you you obviously had that innate passion for food, cooking. You were in the kitchen with your mum and dad, mm-hmm. learning. But then you started doing music at a very young age. Mm-hmm. I'm actually very lucky because every Asian parents makes their kids do music. I just didn't have the knack for it. No. I, I just was not good. Like oh. they, they sent me to like piano lessons, guitar lessons, violin. Nothing worked. I am just not musically inclined. Hey, hey. you can't like, have everything. I'm I mean, better you know, at other things. Yeah, <laughs> just stick to what you're good at. I reckon. <laughs> um, so music is one of those things that kind of mm, comes from inside. Well, I think I, you know. Yeah, and with Spanish parents, like I, 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 it's, it's a pretty like, sassy yeah, situation. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I was twelve, I had really decided that I wanted to sort of focus on food and then at Christmas time my mum bought me like a a big trunk box type thing and it had all my first utensils and things like that in it and that was when I really started to focus on it quite a lot, you know, and I used to love sitting at the dinner table in the kitchen with my Spanish grandmother and just sort of watching, you know, she was a bigger lady to say the least. So, you know, she would see this sort of thing where you'd sit and cook, yeah, you know, like so. What shopping was everything while sitting on the dinner table? I love that. So mm. we would just talk, yeah. and her English was kind of broken, so it was you more. Speak, you speak Spanish? Not, no, no, no. Little bit? I can understand. I, I could understand her when she's talking, but I couldn't have a conversation. Mm. No, I um. My father never taught me. Shame on him. Ah, oh, well, it's never too late to learn, hey? I've tried. <laughs> I, know, I reckon if I went to Spain once we can actually travel yep. and I immerse myself there for a couple of months, I reckon it'd be no problem. Ah, I think you'll pick mm. it up instantly. Yeah. So from 12 was yeah. pretty much the time I decided that food and music. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then my mother, who was a single mother by this point, um, saved up all her money, sold off all her jewellery wow. and sent me to MLC in Q yeah. and because they had an advanced diploma in hospitality and, uh-huh. and by that stage I knew that's what I was going to do and I was pretty shitty at school, to be honest. You know, I was like too distracted. <laughs> like most chefs, you know, we're kind of like <laughs> a little bit all over the place and like – Visionary. Yeah, well, just our job is just, I don't know, it's who, kind of a bit loose, it's a bit, Who know, needs creative. a degree anyway? Who need, it's a waste of money, yeah, you know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So I knew, so from about 15, 15 years old is when I actually did that um, work experience at Sofitel. Yep. <clears throat> wow. And then once my work experience. So as soon as you could work. As soon as I could work, yeah, I was right. in there. And after I did my mandatory work experience for my certificate, I stayed on and just worked for nothing because I just loved it, you know, and that yeah. was in the banquets kitchen there. So it was about 40 staff and I think I was one of two females. Jesus. And at 15, and, you know, this is in the 90s too. So, so kitchens were the kitchens that we kind of talk about today is like remember when you used to just – Get slapped on yeah, the ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So it was a pretty full-on environment. But, I mean, it didn't stop me. Like, I loved it. And I know that I bore people when I talk about food that aren't 
people like yourself yeah. or my friends who are actually in How the could industry. You be bored? Like, I guess if you don't care enough about it, you know, it's uh, just like, oh, yeah, yeah, we get it. All right, we're having yeah. the okay. Yeah, that's a bunch of basil. Amazing. I'm like, yeah, but look at it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I grew this. Yeah, do you understand? It's not just basil. No. Like, it's not hydroponic. It's blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, under, I, I can see it in people's eyes, you know, yeah. when they. They just start to drift <laughs> and you're like, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm sorry. But one thing's for sure, everybody loves to eat. Everybody right. loves food, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of w- whatever you say. Everybody just loves food. Mm-hmm. And they've got a connection to exactly. it, you know. And we'll talk about it a bit later, but that, that was a huge reason for the vegan food yeah. um, for me was food and, and memories, you yeah. know, and oh, it just totally. triggers so many things. It's like for me, music. Also, I, I hear a certain song say something from the Eurythmics, like Annie Lennox, right? And it takes me right back to my mother's house on a Sunday when it was cleaning day, you know, and that would be her soundtrack. And so if I hear that song on the radio, I'm immediately transported to that time. Mm-hmm. And food is exactly the same. And, you know, it started as I started getting older, I started thinking about how much vegans actually lose heaps of that because, yeah. you know, the thing that your grandmother used to make – and maybe she's yep. passed, yep. and it's the one connection you have to your grandmother. You no longer have that. Yeah. It's gone. Everything's gone. The Christmas dinner that the family do, the traditional Christmas, you're out. Like everything, everything. So that was a huge thing for me, yeah, like okay. live old moment, but, you know, we can go into that later. And what did I do after that? Oh, Stephanie Alexander. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then doing – I started my apprenticeship. How was that? Was yeah, it, it was good. Yeah. But it was also the time I met my now ex-husband. Yeah. Um, who was a professional skateboarder and I Sick. yeah <laughs> I kind of just quit and I was like stuff this I'm gonna yeah. go tour the world oh with him and you. cook for like the Vans teams yep. and get to take like the Vans credit card around the world and just buy food for a bunch of boys that were always too drunk to even eat anyway <laughs> like that's ultimate what else does a 19 year old 20 year old girl want to do I mean that is just the best yeah. you know and going to the markets in Spain <laughs> just going anywhere spending someone else's money on food 100% mm, yeah that was good living the dream that's right so you were cooking for these guys that were on tour and they obviously needed to eat well as well you sort know? of yeah, I mean well, not really nah, nah, you think so would you call them athletes mm, I think technically Technically they what are, but realistically, they I mean, back then they were just a bunch of drunks, yeah. really, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Has things changed? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so you toured for how many years? A long time. We lived yeah. um, in the States on and off for eight years, oh, cool. so between New York and LA. Yeah. So we toured around. We did, I think it was like 17 shows from Texas up to Oregon uh, every day, you know, and every day we would play for half an hour and some days we'd play to 500 people, some days we'd play to like 10,000 people was pretty fun Jesus yeah it was really fun and I mean we were slightly controversial maybe for the tour so there was a lot of churchy types protesting out the front and you know it was was kind of living the rock and roll yeah yeah really (laughs) you know causing a bit of trouble through fun Uh, and then but I'd get bored so we only played for half an hour a day and then the rest of the day would be spent just sort of you would play for the intro of the the the, the actual day? Yeah. We, it depended. Every day you'd oh. get there and they'd change the sets around. So it was actually a really smart way to get people to come from the morning, do you know? So yeah. you wouldn't know. Maybe – so we had like no effects, Joan Jett, a whole bunch of bands, you know. They were yeah. huge. Yeah. Um, but you wouldn't 
be told prior when they play. So everyone had to get there at like 10 in the morning and look at the board and the headlining act might have been on at 11 o'clock and sometimes we were lucky enough to get like a really sick time that's slot. Awesome. you know. Yeah, that's so cool. we played for half an hour and then there was nothing else to do. So I just started helping out the catering company yeah. because I missed you cooking. The food, yeah. Yeah, I just missed cooking, you yeah. know. Like you're on a tour bus, you're eating mm. like gas station food. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, I missed I, – do you, are you the same? Like if, Oh, totally. A bit like a junkie, like you start getting a bit itchy when you uh, haven't cooked for yeah. a while. I I do it happens when you're on holidays mm-hmm. like I love eating yeah. out don't get me wrong but mm-hmm. every now and again I just like that's why I want to go to the market I want to like that's taste it. things I want to like go home and make something uh-huh. especially when you travel right and also you know what's what goes in your food that's so it. much of that is you know sustenance and you know you are who what you eat mm-hmm. that's what they say right mm-hmm. and it's so true Agreed. Yeah. Also, I mean, so, like, we'll turn into the side of a house if we do eating <laughs> restaurants every single night. I mean, I know what goes into that well, stuff. We know how to make things taste good. <laughs> oh, totally. It's totally. all the things that you shouldn't be eating exactly. too much of all the time. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. It's all about it's all about balance. That's right. Exactly. We do it a couple of times a week. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you did that. You did the tours. When did you come back to Australia? Um. Uh, Mid you, you opened. You opened 2014. You opened Smith and Daughters. Mm-hmm. So when you came back, was that when you started? No, I came back in about mid 2000, uh-huh. um, and that's when I started working at the East Brunswick Club, and that's uh, where the vegan, the yeah. whole yeah. vegan story yeah, started of taking yeah. shape. Yeah, you know, so you did the vegan Palmer. Yeah, that was it. That yeah, well, how was that? Like, you know, I guess that's also one of like your turning points where you kind of realise, like, hey. That was it. out the front. That was the moment. Yeah. Was that the moment? That was literally the moment that it's put me to where yeah, I am right. today. Who would have thought a mm. shitty palmer from a pub <laughs> would be the thing that literally <laughs> created something like Smith & Daughters in the end, you know? And I'm sure you would agree, like, back in the late 90s, oh. vegan food, like what? They were like, yeah, yeah. No. It did not exist. It did not exist. <laughs> it did not exist in terms of a restaurant, commercial yeah. The supermarkets, like I'm pretty sure sanitarium nut loaf thing yeah, in the yeah. can was about the <laughs> only thing. D- foul. Yeah. And even when I look back on that Palmer now, I mean, not good. Like mm. if I was to make that today for people, even though people have this amazing idea of that dish in their minds and they look back on it fondly, if they were to have it now using the exact ingredients, they would like, I yeah. would be rinsed. <laughs> Absolutely rinsed. But we've come a long way. We've come a very long way. There's a lot of technology. There's mm-hmm. a lot of like, um, there's a lot of options. Let's yeah. put it that way. A lot of money in it. Do you know what I mean? You've yeah. got celebrities like Leonardo DiCaprio and all totally. these people like investing millions and yep. millions of dollars yep. into like the developing, I guess, idea of, you know, how to make different cheeses and meats totally. and all that. So it's like an insanely huge growing market. And it's like education. Mm-hmm. It's all, I think like veganism is all about education, That's educating right. people that, hey, like, you know, vegan food can actually taste bloody good. Damn straight. You know? You don't have to eat your fake chicken or like, Mm-mm-mm. you know, that processed crap. Yeah. But you can actually Or make just a bowl of lentils. Exactly. Like you don't have to eat that no. either, you know. You can inject so much flavour. Totally. And I think that, that's been the main thing for me. And, you mm. know, I get a lot of negative feedback, I yeah, guess, backlash, or yeah. online right. comments, everything about the fact that I'm not vegan myself and I do well, vegan haters food. haters are going to hate. Oh, like, I mean, always. It doesn't matter yeah. what I do, right? But I think people are – those people aren't understanding why I do what I do and I'm not mm. – I haven't opened a vegan business to preach veganism or animal mm. welfare or anything, even though those things are all high on my priority list, you know, environmental impact of my industry, yeah. the impact on animals, all that stuff. Yeah. But what I'm doing is trying to encourage people to reduce their intake, yeah. um, understand that we, the way we're eating as, as a planet is not sustainable. So we really have to start thinking about it, you know, and this is a way to try and introduce people to how plant-based food can be, dispel those myths of that, yeah, 
veggie stack, all that super processed stuff, show them, you know, here it is. This is how easy it can be for you. Hence the books, Mm. the restaurant. This is how great it can be. Um, You know, before we opened Daughters and the whole reason for it was that there wasn't really a restaurant for vegan food where it was like a regular dining experience that you and I – probably take for granted because you go to a beautiful restaurant, we get beautiful wine, beautiful food. That's standard, right? But for vegans, it wasn't. And especially in like early 2000s, if you went to a restaurant, you probably got spaghetti with Napoli <laughs> sauce and no cheese. And that would, you know, or a mushroom risotto, for God's sake, yeah. mushroom risotto. That, and that would be it. Yeah. Um, and, and I really just wanted to tear that down a little bit. I mean, of course I cater to vegans because I'm a vegan restaurant. But my main focus has been for people like myself – um, I'm sure it's probably yourself too who are very aware of, of what we eat, the impact it has on the planet, and just showing them yeah. this is how it can be done. And you know, I have these customers that are huge meat eaters that come in and say, if I could eat like this all the time, I would. So having those books to help educate people and yes. show them at home, because I think there is also this little thing, and I think it comes back to sort of 90s vegan cooking where everything was soak your cashews for 24 hours, dehydrate this, activate it's a process. that. Too much. Who could be bothered? Like yeah. No one could. No. Yeah. So, you know, if you come home from work and you might have kids to feed, you can have food on the table in half an hour. And if yeah. you make food approachable like that, people are far more likely to actually do it. So. That is so true. Mm. Food needs to be approachable and accessible mm-hmm. because people get put off with processes. Yeah. There's too many processes too many, involved. Too much, too much, too expensive. Yeah. Having to order food online. Yeah imagine that like trying to have to source something so yeah. these recipes are from your major supermarkets you'll be able to get everything mm. for this you don't mm. have to go out and search for a all vegan grocery store that you know like my mum lives in regional victoria so pretty much the recipes are based on if she can get the ingredients up near castle main then we're good yeah absolutely. so so it's kind of you know based around that so you know i, I think it. people get a little bit confused as to why i'm doing it yeah. and that's why i sort of get this backlash but it's really to educate others yeah, and it's just to show people that there's so, so much more that vegan food can offer rather than, you know, as we mentioned before, your veggie stacks. Yeah, <laughs> cashew cheese yeah. and, you know, like it, it, there's so much now and it's really exciting to be at the forefront uh, of that food scene. I mean, Melbourne has a formidable food scene. Oh, totally. You know, and it's um, and it's pretty intimidating, I would imagine, as a chef coming up to be like, shit, look at the look at where I've got to come up again. Yeah. And, you know, I got a niche market yeah. before it sort of really started popping off, I guess. Like the vegan food scene now is huge. And, you know, you've got places like Plenty Voudemont do a vegan degustation Absolutely. now. Which really says a lot, you know, about where we're at now. Eleven Medicine Park. All <laughs> vegan. Oh, that review was oh. great. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's um, we've been doing it for a long time now. The restaurant's almost eight yeah. and the deli's nearly seven. So, and, you know, then the deli and the East Brunswick Club, that's 20 years ago now, mm. nearly. And so are you combining it all into this, you know, this, this massive project? Mm-hmm. 500 square metres. Oh, my God. So when, when's that going to be ready? Uh, hopefully the end of November. Amazing. At the latest. Yeah. The, the boys are in their building right now, so... It's a huge undertaking. I mean, originally we opened the deli because the, the, the restaurant was so busy. It was to sort of piggyback off it. But then the like deli, a takeaway kind yeah. of. Yeah. And then maybe do some prep that the restaurant could use. 
But the deli soon became busier than the restaurant, so that plan went out the window. And the boots <laughs> being like, you know, it's that constant chasing your oh tail God. thing. And and I never had the money. We don't like we never had investors. Yeah. Um, oh wow. Which is pretty Good unique for hospitality. I mean, of there's course. not many yeah, of no. us, let alone female restaurants. So owners. everything you earn, you put back into the business. Always. Yeah. Always. I mean, that's why I've never taken revenue. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever have a holiday? Uh, no. 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 <laughs> when was the last time yeah. you had a holiday? I when think, you were on tour? Yeah. I think I last time I had a holiday. Holiday was um, when I worked at Sweetwater around oh just here. Oh. Yeah, with these guys before they moved to London. Yeah, right. You know? I went to Thailand and thought I would go on this tropical holiday <laughs> and I hated it because, like, <laughs> sitting by a pool doing nothing. Oh, my God. Worst weather for you. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Beach weather. I don't know what I was thinking, you know. Oh. I thought I'd been working so much that I'd go on one of those holidays that everyone goes on, you know, do nothing, take a book. I don't even read. Take a Sip book. Sip a cocktail yeah, by the pool. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that would – I'll do that, I'll do that. And then I got there and I was just – Losing my mind. Hey. So next holiday, Antarctica. <laughs> Antarctica. Yeah, <laughs> I, think I would love to do one of those. Actually, it would be pretty. Amazing, oh my god, right? it would be amazing. My boyfriend's dad did one. They went to Chile and then they went across, wow. and it was like t- uh, two weeks on a on this boat, and it was amazing. They saw swells like so big, oh, and yeah. it was incredible. Yep. Like the photos, don't even do it justice. No. But one of my chefs was the chef on the. Um, Sea Shepherd. Oh, so the whale, oh the whale God. boats. You yeah. know, they go out there and barge the big whaling ships and things. And she was the chef on that. And that so was she was it. saying, like, this is the, the Northern Lights and the sign, all crazy things. And they would, oh, some of uh, your mind. Freak me it out. Blows your mind. Like the shit they were doing, like you know, jumping yeah. off the masts and into just nothing, yeah. pitch black water <laughs> and icebergs and stuff. I I love hearing her talk about it because oh. you know, to you and I, that just seems. Like the last frontier, really, doing that sort of thing. Oh, it's completely whack, but how cool. Oh, really cool. Honestly. Definitely on my to-do yeah. list. If but, you know, I'm, I'm gagging you, to get you, back you to might New need York. To, you might need to downsize the restaurant a little Maybe bit. Maybe a little bit. Or upsize to the yeah. point where I don't need but to don't be there anymore. Exactly. I think that sounds more yeah. like me. So yeah. you said you're planning to go to New York? I always plan to go yeah. to New York. I love it over Eventually there. you want to go live there? I want to open over there. Oh, yeah. I think you know, I love you it. would kill it. Yeah, absolutely. And then LA that. as well. Do you know the food scene over there, especially for vegan food, is huge. Yeah. And even though I've spent so much time there and I really understand all the restaurants and stuff that are open, it's still nothing like what we do. Yeah. Um, the American vegan food scene is very same, same. Yeah. Like they all have the kale Caesar and they've oh. all got the, you know, cauliflower, buffalo wings. Like it's <laughs> every single plate. No, yeah. we don't. There's nothing like us. Yeah. Um, so I really, once, once I get this model sorted. Yeah. Fingers crossed. But also because you've got that sort of Latin background, you you know how to work with those flavours. Well, especially Los Angeles. I mean, God, all that, um, the Mexican, you know, food scene there. Yeah. You could definitely play around. We've done a lot of that sort of thing. So, Which is which is what you've done with Lona Mesa as well, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. That was actually a lot of that stuff is based around the original menus of Smith and Daughters, but they've obviously uh. been brought forward because yeah. it's been a long time since I've done that. But it was such a popular menu, more the Spanish, like my, my family's side, and then I brought in the Latin as well. I must say it was it was amazing. Everything cooked on the Jospa was incredible as well, like just those flavours, yeah. like just the chart. I, on the weekend I did this, you know, chart broccoli steaks for my girlfriend yes. and, and, and she – you know, she's one of those vegans who don't know how to cook. Yeah, um, plenty of them. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. And as soon as – so she comes over and, and she'll be, like, tasting the food. She goes, how did you do this? I'm like, babe, there's so many options out there. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm not vegan. My, I don't know, maybe, maybe – I think it has a lot know, to I do with it. I think it has a lot to play with it. You're using your brain differently, eh? Yeah, and you're like, you're like, oh – 
I know how good that tastes, mm-hmm. so I'm going to try and make it Apply that good, it but using different ingredients. That's right. That's exactly I mean, how it is. if you cook is. meat, then you know, you're most likely used to cooking over fire of some description. Yeah. Vegans tend to not do that so much. I mean, they probably put like a vegan sausage on a, bar- on a gas barbecue, yeah. but it's not a part of the food scene. It's not really part of the culture in terms of vegan food. So I think that's why you would do that that's why my food at my restaurant is the way it is is because i'm looking at the food from a, a different non-vegan angle. background so yeah. i'm like this develops these flavors yeah how can we approach that but not using animal proteins uh and i think that's what sets us apart yeah, from everyone totally. else so for as much as people don't like the fact that i'm not vegan it's kind of the reason why we've got what we've got exactly and and the reason you actually have options to go that's it <laughs> exactly and i mean i eat vegan probably 90 percent of the time so yeah I, I, that's my ultimate goal for everyone if we could do like me- imagine totally. if we could do meat mondays yeah instead of meat free mondays i, meat I like mondays. that i mm. like that instead of meat free yeah why not why you not know? and i think it's always just that that one step you got to start somewhere you got to do your bit even if you had out of three dishes maybe just have a very small portion of meat mm-hmm. and then have more veg. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, like majority that's of the world, easy, that, that's yeah. how they eat. You know. Easily how you start. Yeah, exactly. Just start cutting it down. Like when yeah. people start quitting smoking, you know, they, yeah. they go from a pack a day to five a day <laughs> to nothing maybe. You never know. Slowly, to slowly. vaping. <laughs> to vaping. Yeah, no one needs – you don't have to quit completely. Uh, yeah, you know, I, uh, There's a lot of rules and labels and people like to, you know, sort of do that th- sort of thing. But I think just – do your best. Reduce it where you can. Yeah. Don't put it in everything. You don't need to have meat in your sandwich all totally. the time. You don't have to have bacon in your breakfast. No. You know, it doesn't have to be every. Cut, cut the meal. stigma out. That's it. When you create your menus, um, what what drives, you know, what, what sort of inspiration? Do you, is it more lending towards you wanting to do your bit for the world? Is it more towards, like, memories? Mm-hmm. Is it more towards, like, you know, you get excited when you see seasonal produce? Mm-hmm. All, the, all of the all above, of the above. actually. Yeah. <laughs> the menus are very different. What I love about having the deli in the restaurant is I get to go from one extreme to another. Yeah. The deli is heavily focused on memory so you know the deli well now we'll finally have seating which is really exciting we've never had that before so we're having a it's sort of set up and and i can't i don't really know how else to describe it it's like an old school cafeteria or like how when you see those prison tv shows and when they line up and they get the tray and they slide it across and someone hands them food that's the setup for the new deli right so it's um oh i love that yeah so there's this beautiful we got these pieces of equipment in which i actually uh, I'm inspired from a place I used to eat at in Brooklyn and it's something that is... What's that called? What's the place called? It's not there anymore. Oh. It's shut in 2016. Uh-huh. So I was trying to find this piece of equipment. The place was called St. Peter's 1969. Yeah. It was actually an old butcher shop that got turned into this beautiful restaurant but they kind of kept the interior a bit. Um, but they had this piece of equipment that was built into the bench and it's like a big... Heated element, I guess similar to an induction top, but oh, yeah. huge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Massive, massive. Okay. And they had beautiful pots full of <gasps> whatever oh. every day and they had a rotisserie behind it so you could go in for like a Sunday roast sort oh, of vibe nice. or whatever there was. So yeah. I, I loved that, yeah. right? And so I'm basing the whole place on, on that idea. So yeah. um, since, since they've shut down, they've actually come out with this cold version. So you'll go across, you'll ask for a deli plate and you'll have either a regular or a large. And every day we're going to have different dishes on, whether that be a stroganoff oh, or lasagnas, and there'll be heaps to choose from. And then yeah. all the sides, mashed potatoes, braised greens, say, sautéed asparagus, whatever's good. It's all seasonal, all beautiful. Yeah. Then there'll be a huge larder section, so all your colds. This is breakfast, lunch and dinner. Yep. So the food will rotate. Then the desserts, and the, the desserts are based on um, – 
You know, in my area in the city when I was little, they used to have yeah. this food court there. Oh. And they used to have things like frog in the pond, <laughs> chocolate mousse in a cup. I love that shit. Oh, my hey, God. That really oh. campy kind of like uh, – I, I just think it's so cute. And so we're doing we're – doing, we're doing frog in the pond. You best believe it. it. My, my staff aren't too impressed it. with it. But, you know, sometimes – Sometimes I've got to put the foot yeah, down. Yeah, you have to. And a frog in the pond is one of those times. It's going to be pe- people – that's going to be your biggest seller. It always <laughs> <I reckon>. is. <laughs> frog in a pond it is. Exactly. I'm not sure if kids uh, under the age of 30 will know what that is. Would actually know what they are. But to me, I, I have very fine memories yeah. of that one, you know. So uh, things like that. And that food is all very much like yeah. um, Me- memory style, yeah. memory. So you're not only educating people about vegan food, but you're also educating people about, hey rem- – Remember yeah. this? Remember this? Remember this yeah. one? Yeah, that's your right. mum, mate. Your yeah. grandmother, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, because the deli is going to be targeted for people, if for like an extension of their apartments, I guess. And and as we go on, apartment kitchens get smaller and smaller yes. and people are now living single for longer, living without kids for longer. Um, and they're not cooking at home as much. So mm. especially with COVID, you know, I just think. Also, I find like options. Uh-huh. Like takeaway options often aren't great. No, they're not. No, I not I, healthy a lot of the time. No, too. no. And I often, if I was to order takeaway, I and and, and I, I have been over COVID purely because I want to support my mates in the yeah. business. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the cheap takeaway from down the street, they're terrible. It's not good. It's actually terrible. Yeah, and also it's like, do you really want to eat fish and chips? Yeah. Capricosa pizza, yeah, and buddy burgers every night. Like yeah. there really isn't much. Yeah, more it's all than it's that. all carby and it's like all carby and just like processed stuff. Mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. yeah, obviously with with this that would be amazing. Exactly, it, it kind of reminds me of like like Ottolanging style. It would be know? yeah yeah true. But, I haven't been there, but I've seen the photos. But like hot and all the beautiful yeah. stuff. Yeah, we'll have cold. Hot I love cold that. And yeah, me too. And love just right, real. Yeah. It, so it will be an extension of your kitchen. You know, like. Grandma's downstairs cooking for you, oh and you can pop gosh. in anytime. And we're going to make it really cheap. So the deli plate's going to be twenty bucks. Yep. Um. So I, I think that's really affordable. Oh, hundred percent. It's very affordable. Yeah. And we've got local winemakers and and breweries. So we're going to have one red, one white, one beer, just the same as you would probably in your fridge. Yeah. Uh, keep it simple. Keep it real simple. You know, that's going to be like seven bucks across the board. We've got Strange Love Soda coming in. They're putting um, a, like a soda machine, so there'll be like four seasonal like soda flavors rotating all the time. Amazing. And then you just take your tray and you sit yourself down, yeah, like you would at Macca's <laughs> or something. And then once you're done, you take your tray up to the bin and you, yep, put the rubbish in the bin. I and love put your tray that. Up. Yeah, because so you can come, you know, straight from the gym. Yep, you don't have to feel like you need to get dressed up. That's what the restaurant next door is for. Yep. So if you want more of a dining experience, you go there. You want this to just be like on your way home. You come there, you know, and, and we'll have beautiful produce for sale, amazing groceries. We've still got our deli cabinet, still got the pastry section, all the coffee, bottle shop, homewares, all that stuff Ooh. is still happening. You're doing it all, oh, <laughs> girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. It's been a bit busy, wow. but, you know, oh, it makes me feel like I'm living again I after what I've just dealt with last year. So yeah. it makes me feel like i got my spark back a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Good on you. Let's, uh, whilst we're talking about what happened last year, if you don't mind, let's go mm-hmm. into that. And how did you find out? What was that moment and then how you coped with it how you handled it and whilst juggling the restaurant of course mm. um i mean timing i don't know timing, it was good. Was it good or bad like because yeah, it it's also locked down like yeah yeah it was the quietest we've ever been yeah. so it was actually kind of i mean in hindsight like, yeah if yeah you had to like, yeah if i had to this was the time to get yeah. it yeah for sure so um, i went to the doctor for just a big checkup and um i've got breast cancer in the family so just did like, you know, she did like the physical checks, um, found a lump. They weren't really 
too concerned at the time because it sort of felt like the sort of lump that wasn't really you know, to be worried about. But she was like, let's just be 100% sure. Yeah. Fortunately, it turned out to be triple negative breast cancer and the lump was about two and a half centimetres. Oh, okay. So decent, yeah, right. decent size. And then it was like from the time we found out to the time it, treatment started happening was very quick. Oh, yeah. Okay. Very, very quick. So you quick. caught it at the right moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Triple negative breast cancer is a tricky one too because it's not a hormone-based one, so it's actually really hard to treat. So a lot of the regular breast cancer uh-huh. treatments don't work for it. Yep. So I got put on a trial for immunotherapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and ended up having 24 rounds of chemo and immunotherapy and then surgery. 24 hours? Rounds. Rounds. Mm-hmm. How long is one round? There's a lot of dicking around in hospitals, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so usually, I mean, the a infusion. whole day, really. Yeah, by the time you oh, get yeah. in there, get home, it's yeah. the whole day. But, you know, the infusions themselves, a couple of hours. I got a port put in, yeah. you know, where they plug you in at yep. the chest to save them trying to jab at your veins the whole yeah. time. Sorry, that's gross. No, um, that's, that's just part of it. Yeah, yep. it's just part of it. And in surgery, I was really lucky that the immunotherapy was successful enough to reduce the tumour completely. Didn't have to have a mastectomy, which was awesome. Just had a lumpectomy, which kind of gave me a little bit of a boob lift on one side. Yeah. Not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go get the other uh, one sorted out. <laughs> you, you need to have, like, even, right? That's like, right, exactly. <laughs> Like, well, I'm kind of like oh. a C cup on this side now. I love that. Yeah. Um, See, there's always positives. Always. always. Well, at first when I thought I was going to have to mistake me, I'm like, well, at least my taxpaying dollars are yeah. finally going to give me yeah, something yeah, yeah. I really want. <laughs> I love I love the way you approach things. It's amazing. You have to. I mean, yeah. I'm, oh, it's just positive. I can't. It's just uh, yeah. positive. Yeah, yeah, I've got too much shit to do. I can't dwell yeah. on stuff. I've got to try and find you got to move on. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> Being upset about it is not going to stop me from no. it. Obviously, I had one freak out night where – I was put on some medication and I hadn't, this before the chemo and that started, and I decided to have drinks and I didn't even bother reading the label on the box. <laughs> and uh, it was oh god, my poor friend. Uh, it was an emotional night because obviously the mixture Ooh. of the pills I was on and then copious amounts of wine for me just trying to like have a girl's <laughs> night and just decompress about the fact <laughs> that I had cancer turned into like, and then I'll lose my eyelashes. <laughs> and it was all about my eyelashes, oh my God. you know? Oh, my God. Yeah, like, it's because I had spectacular yeah. eyelashes, uh. can I say. Like, there's not many things on my body I'm proud of in terms of my features, uh. but my eyelashes were spectacular. <laughs> and they all dropped out, oh you know? No. And I remember I'd read, like, a blog or something, and someone mentioned that, and I even hadn't thought about that at the time. Like, my hair drop, losing my hair, that didn't bother me really that much because my hair was pretty shit anyway. But my eyelashes, and as soon as I read that, I was like... <gasps> And then no. you cried even more. And, that was it. <laughs> and then you lose everything. <laughs> it was just like, it was like snowball effect. Oh. But that was the one time I let myself really, yeah, you know, out there, and I just go on with it. You need to have a blow. You need to break down sometimes, and that's oh, yeah. just the way. It's just uh-huh. it's just human nature. Yeah. you got to you got to let it out. That's right. right. You feel better after it. Yeah. After your eye, the puffing of the eyes has gone down, <laughs> you can see again. <laughs> so I yeah, did that surgery. Um, there was still some cancer in there after the surgery, so they put me on four more rounds of this brutal chemo they call yeah. the Red Devil. Um, Made me lose my hair again. So did you do the immunotherapy and the chemotherapy at the same Together, time? Together, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. So it was like a double whammy. Yeah, it was two different types of chemo uh-huh. and one immunotherapy. All that Jeez. was th- Those days were pretty long uh-huh. because it was, uh, it was like three-week cycles. So the first week of every three weeks was the double, like the immuno and the mm-hmm. chemo, and then the next week was just chemo and then just chemo and then back to the triple, Yeah, the triple threat, Yeah, you know, right. and that went on for however long and then – yeah, there was a little bit left, so they went in with the big guns. 
that shit was terrible. Like yeah. I actually was doing pretty good with the other stuff. Yep, until uh, you got to the, the four rounds oh, of that. Yeah, that's when yeah. I couldn't taste anything anymore. Oh, shit. So, so did you lose your – Completely. Completely oh. lost my well, what sense you, of taste. What were you eating? Like, I didn't just, even care. You didn't care? No. Nah. whatever? Yeah, nothing. Really. I didn't, didn't – you don't feel like eating. I, I'd eat because I and would that, have that to. that probably hits home the most. You, well, that was scary because yeah. all of a sudden the idea of like, what happens if this doesn't come back? Yeah, this is my that's this is your my career, life. your life. My that's life. all. You, that's all you've you've ever worked yeah. and lived for and yeah. love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all of a sudden, I was like facing this possibility of losing my whole identity, I guess, yeah. as a chef. You know, and and I've got incredible staff, and and as much as and also I was writing the menu for Overlow at the time because yeah. I got the job before I got sick, and then Overlow were amazing. Once they found out I was sick, were yeah, like, "That's okay, we've got yeah. you. Stay on board. <laughs> we'll be here." And luckily, because yeah. of the COVID thing, yeah. everything got postponed anyway, so it gave me that chance to sort of deal with cancer shit. God, you've been cooking for over twenty odd years. Like you're fine. It's, like yeah, you know, there's a lot of muscle you, you memory. Don't, you don't have to. You nah. don't have to taste. You kind of know when. <laughs> yeah, I think you know. You know, everyone knows when you reach for the salt pig oh. next to the stove to you put it in. Exactly you know how much goes. You know exactly. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to taste it. Yeah. That's why I've always found it weird when people measure salt. Nah. You know? Yeah, like, oh, God. Just I mean, salt to taste. Just salt to taste. You've got <laughs> books, right? Yeah, so, you know, when your editors are like, you need to put the amount, I'm like, why? Because yeah. <laughs> what I think is most likely far more salt than what most people Gosh, probably like Gosh, who anyway. takes like a quarter of a teaspoon of salt? Seriously? You, really? Are you crazy? What does a quarter of a teaspoon do anyway? <laughs> Maybe for a sandwich, that's enough. Salt to but taste. Yeah, salt to taste. <laughs> I hear you, sister. Um, so... That was really, really scary and my staff are amazing and I 100% trust them but, you know, when I was writing the menu for Overload and I'd have to get them to taste things and sort of tell me, is it right? You have to believe them and even though it's not that I don't believe them, it's just like you're putting your faith in someone else to tell you that it's how you'd want it to be but how do you – It's always the thing in the back of your head like, but is it? Are you sure? Like, I know that we've been working for a long time together and you understand my palate, but still. Well, I can vouch and say it it is amazing. Okay. (laughs) Because, you know, when you go to – so Curly and Vince came to try the food and it was the first time time I brought all the new recipes out to them to try and I was literally watching them. Yep. Because I didn't know because to wait to see their art, you know, like when you can, like, uh read uh people, uh just – is this right? Are they going to hate it? Oh, God. And this. they loved it. They loved it. Yeah. So that was fine. And so that, you know, I should never have been nervous. I mean, my staff for the But best. it's only natural. I had my, hand, my hands were tied behind yeah. my back. I couldn't do anything. After you did that four brutal rounds of chemo, did your sense of taste come back instantly? A few, no, no, no. A few months after. Ah, mm-hmm. okay. Still, I can't eat chilli as much as I used to. Like, damn. I, know. I would die. I would I'll actually, actually die. I would actually die. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I'm like, what's the point of eating? It's like, doesn't it? I put hot. chili on everything. So do I, you know, and, and going to like Szechuan House is my yeah. favorite and going to Tina's Noodle and all those things. It's, it's all my favorite. So it's slowly food. coming back. Slowly. So I just force feed myself chili until I start <laughs> crying. You know, like every dinner, I put more and more <laughs> chili on it until I literally am just like, they're eating, ah, the, whole, yeah. they're eating all, the whole plant. <laughs> Exactly, and I have this huge thing of like water next to me, and I just force it down. Because, but it's working because each day I you build a little up. bit closer, <laughs> and then when you can finally taste chili at its full capacity, you're probably going to be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa oh no, it's going to be a glorious day! I cannot wait." I, I, I can, I, it's definitely gone up heaps, and I can still, I've still, I've still got it in terms of chili, but not not where I used to be, and I mm. just love 
Getting that chilli sweat yeah. on. Once, once, you, once you have chilli, you can't go back. That's right. Really? Damn that? straight. Mm. 100%. So uh, that, that's going back. So that's good. So that was a very scary, yeah. scary time. And now it's now we've come a full circle. I mean, yeah. you know, obviously with COVID, that was so you really have to do me. you go go back do um your checkups and mm-hmm. every I've had my six month one already yeah, and that was yeah, clear, so yeah. that's great. Awesome. Yeah, I need to get a really bad infection. Those shows shows you like this is why people needed to be vaccinated and things like that mm. because I got an infection that put me in hospital for five days a few weeks ago, and they said it could have been something as simple as a scratch. Shit, uh, just sort of shows yeah. where my immune system is at from all yeah. that treatment. Like it yeah. really. Can you get vaccinated? Yeah, I'm you double have, vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if I'd be able to either. That's it. Yeah. That's why when people are like, I've got a medical exemption, I'm like, are you not, are you sure? Yeah. You're taking the best it? thing to do is just literally just go and get medical advice. Well, yeah, my doctor was like, you 100% can get it, and I implored you to. Yeah. She actually called me up yesterday and is trying to book me in for my booster already. Mm. So I've got to wait. I only had my second shot about a month ago, so I've got to wait two months. Yeah. But she's like lining me up for that one too, and That's I'll good. take it. I'll take yeah. them all. <laughs> you, you you know? You're going to be like this like power woman. That's like, it. Just glowing. Wonder woman. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nothing can like, it. defeat everything. Bloody eyes. And I'm going to need it because I haven't been around oh many God. people, you know, because I wasn't allowed during COVID. I wasn't allowed to leave my house, um, not because of COVID. Because you had to be careful of, of your immune system, of course. Because I was yeah. cactus, you know. Yeah. So opening this new joint, I'm going to be around a lot of people yeah. all the time so I well, need make to make sure you take careful. some time off don't go too hard I gotta quick. try I gotta try <laughs> I, I feel that now too even you know my, the days of 16 hour days 14 days in a row yeah. I'm gonna have to watch myself opening up because I know I'm gonna want to do it yeah because I thrive off that shit I know that people are very <laughs> anti you get that the adrenaline kind of thing. yeah I think I know it's not cool to do that sort of thing anymore but each to your own you know when it's your baby it's honestly very it's very different very. like if you started that from uh-huh. scratch uh-huh you know, that's right. you worked for that. And I want to be there. You worked for yeah, it. I'm not Why asking won't... anyone else to do no. it for me, but I that's how I want to be and I want to see her just like. Yeah. Exactly. And there's nothing better than like, you know, if you want the job done, you have to do it yourself. <laughs> really. It's true. Yeah, At the yeah. end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Unless it. you have someone that you can trust or a clone. Yeah. Well, um, I do have a lot of team I can trust, but I yeah. would never put them in that position. Yeah. But, and also, but I just love, I mean, my head chef is a bit nuts like that too. He, he's like. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll he's a sicko it. like you. Yeah, a little bit. Actually, he's the, um, he used to be Monty's uh, sous chef at Iceberg. Mm. Uh, and then he came to enter Melbourne and he definitely has mentality, like the old yeah. school sort of uh, mentality of. Yeah work until you drop and we you know we're both te- trying to teach ourselves to be better at it i'm actually better at it than he is like oh. he's worse like i have to ban him sometimes like uh-huh. no 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 stop stop yeah because um, he just wants to because I, I get it because he loves it yeah. you know we love what we do yeah. totally. um, it's the passion it's the passion but you yeah. know we, we don't run like that anymore mm. i mean no one really runs like that anymore mm. um which is great you know we're trying to get that four-day work weekend for everyone moving into the new restaurant yeah. so that's exciting so things are changing. Mm. Um, we're getting more staff in. This time around we've had more applicants than ever before, which is really cool. Oh, that's cool. good. Because a lot of people in the industry are finding it very hard ah, to get yeah. staff. I think because people are finally realising that um, the payments are about to end. Yeah. You know, so they're not going to have ah, that to rely on anymore. Yeah. Before there was no sign of them kind yeah. of ending. Just but relaxing. Now, yeah. Like, they're like, well, I've still got time. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll apply for a job yeah. next month, next month. Okay. Now they're kind of like, oh, shit, it's running out in three yeah, weeks. Yeah, good to know. Yeah, so now we've had some great people and it's really cool to see people now that are like, all right, I've worked at all these amazing places now I want to learn how to do vegan food. And yeah. interestingly, it's mostly women. Not interestingly, it's pretty – it makes sense to me. Mostly it's women? women. Yeah. yeah, right. Um, Because – there's a lot of egocentric male chefs out there that um, don't yeah. want to 
Don't want to learn. Don't want to change. They want to start again. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they've, I get it, you know, you've worked in an industry where you've perfected what you do and mm. all of a sudden someone's like, all right, so we're not doing any of that shit mm. anymore. It will change though. Yeah, I think it will change. It will change. It'll take time, but it will change. Totally. Yeah. So we have a, um, we've had a lot of amazing women come through, beautiful pastry chefs and, and chefs and apprentices. So this is really cool. I mean, I do love having a female heavy brigade. I, I love a female kitchen. Yeah. Oh, they work so nicely. <laughs> Where all your, all your periods sink. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not me anymore because uh, chemo put me into menopause. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> For real. Oh, shit. Menopause in oh, your 30s. No. But, yeah, that's all right. Uh, that's fine. Who wants kids anyway? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you can enjoy life, huh? I've got 45 kids at work, yeah, you know? Yeah, true, true, <laughs> yeah. true. Well, just conscious of time, I think I've got one more question for you. What is your advice for people wanting to jump into veganism? Mm-hmm. Like, where should they start? Mm-hmm. All right. The biggest misconception is you're going to have to clear out your pantry, fill it with vegan food. Like, it's not vegan food. It's yeah. just food, right? When you think about... So you make a lamb roast on a Sunday, pretty much everything else besides that piece of meat is vegan, mm. right? So like – Totally, totally. I, I think people, when they think, oh, vegan, it's going to be tofu yeah. and it's going to be nuts and that's it. So I think that is the thing. Stop thinking of it as vegan food versus yeah. Yeah. normal food, right? That's the thing. It's all yeah. normal food. Yeah. And just if you think look, of it as food. Just think of it as food and, and think about most parts of Asia – you know, and think about why you're doing it as well, and why you're doing yeah. it. You know, like go don't do it because it's like a cult, you have or, to. or because people say you have no. to. I always feel like people are when you're forced to do something, you, you never do it. it. No, I agree, one hundred percent. It has to come do from it a because genuine you want place. To. Yeah. Whether that be you want to make a change, health, environmental, mm. animal welfare, yeah. whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Um, and you do as much as you can. Yeah, well, exactly. You don't have to go cold turkey. No. And if you do decide you want to go vegan or plant based, then you sort of accidentally drop your mouth onto a yeah. hot dog. <laughs> so be it. Yeah, then he did. Yeah, don't, don't bash yourself up yeah. for it. Um, and, and really, if, if we could literally get everyone that eats meat to reduce their consumption by 50%, the impact that that would have on all three of those things, the animals, the environment, all that combined, it's just like it's going to change the planet, you yeah. know. And so – just think about it next time you go to the supermarket and you're trying to figure out what you need for dinner. Do you really need to have meat every single night of the week? Exactly. Can that bolognese yeah. have a veggie mince added to it totally. instead or some mushrooms to it instead? You know, mm. does that stir if I really need to have beef in it? Mm. It's really simple. Yeah. So don't change your recipes. Don't change your habits. I actually just did this article recently where I did a week's worth of family dinners and, you know, a lot of Aussie families that one night is this, the next night is that, Thursday's yeah. fish and chips, Friday's pizza, whatever it is. Yeah. So I basically did like a mock-up menu like yeah. that and showing, see, you don't, need, you don't need to change anything. This is how you make your egg salad sandwiches for your lunchbox still, but doing them plant-based. Right. So just keep, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Veganise the recipes that you already do. Keep yeah. your mum's your world-famous bolognese yeah. sauce on the menu. And at the end of the day, just – do things that you love and trigger a memory. That's that right? it. That's it, baby. <laughs> Shannon, I'm very happy to have you in today and I just want to say thank you so much. Um, yeah, I'll sadly say goodbye, otherwise I can chat to you all day. <laughs> no, thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Nice talking to you, lovey. Thank you. Thank you.